The world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. I am so glad you are able to join once more NUMA Podcast. The text for today is taken from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 9, verse 1 to 11. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul, that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, what is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth thy master's son shall eat bread alway at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I thank you today for another opportunity to be able to bring your word to the world. Lord, I ask today that as we consider, O oh God, this special story of King David, I pray that we too will have compassion, mercy for all those who are undeserving or suffering. I pray that the lessons we learn here will bring us to that place where you want us to be as your people. And I seal these prayers 
in the precious name of Jesus Christ as you inspire my voice today. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. The title of this podcast is Showing Mercy to the Undeserving. Showing Mercy to the Undeserving. But before we delve deeper, let me address the semantics in the title. No one created by God is undeserving because every single creation of God is deserving. Otherwise, God the Creator would not expend His time creating a worthless and an undeserving individual. God is all-knowing, and in His omniscience, He formed you who is making out time to listen to this podcast today. Here are some of the passages that enforces this fact. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says this, Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of the day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nation, that's what I had in mind for you. And then in Psalms 139 verse number 14 says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My dear brothers and sisters, even though people of the Christian faith are well aware of this divine position, capitalistic social system has engineered society to think of some group of people as undeserving. Hence, class distinctions are vigorously encouraged, ranging from issues of race, geography, underdogs, lower class, middle and upper class differences. Nothing is wrong with some having more than the other, but everything is wrong when the equitable distribution of goods and services are disproportionately allocated and some people are grossly marginalized to the extent that they have to be dehumanized to eat, sleep, and access other basic necessities for living. As you tag along with me today on this podcast, I would like for you to think about how you treat people who have less than you and also how you would improve on your worldview regarding social justice where you live. The story of King David continued to reveal to us why he was crowned a man after God's heart. His actions and dispositions, I believe, endeared him to God, as we see in the reading of our key text earlier. 
chapter 7 of 2 Samuel verse number 1 informed us that the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies around him. So among the things that King David set out to do was to restore the dignity of the presence of the Lord among God's people. And then in chapter 9, we see how he remembered his covenant with Jonathan. And that's First uh, Samuel chapter 20. In trying to keep this covenant, he inquired and extended mercy to Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan and grandson of King Saul, who planned to eliminate him in the past on account of rivalry. It's important to note that by letting someone who clearly is in the royal bloodline live was a gamble. Because in those days, it was not unusual at all for the next king to secure his position by eliminating all the descendants of former kings, as existing relatives could easily become a thorn in the flesh of the new king by carrying out an act of revenge or overthrow the reigning king. After all, David, in his case, caught a covenant with Jonathan and not anyone else. And now Jonathan had died, yet David extended mercy to his son. So in verse number 3 of 2 Samuel chapter 9, David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Upon this inquiry, the name of Ziba, a former servant of the household of Saul, came to mind. Perhaps he may know if there are still progenies of Saul alive and where they can be found. Ziba appeared before the king. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Note that Ziba's response had content. He answered the king in the affirmative, but with a caveat. There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. In other words, there is still one left, but he is no use to you, king. He is undeserving because he is disabled and he is being cared for by the Makiros family of Lodabar. I think also that he is doing just fine there. Ziba's response reminds me of how we can so easily label people by their color, state of health, and disability even when it is unnecessary to do so. Each time we place a label on people, we make a statement that distinguishes people, them and us, from what is acceptable to the mainstream society and that 
type of action diminishes the individual and indeed the sovereignty of God the Creator. We must learn to see people as people and nothing else. This warning, however, did not discourage King David from pursuing his purpose of showing mercy and kindness to the house of Saul on account of Jonathan. Instead, it excited him the more. At this point, we must stop to ask ourselves, what is it that inspires us to be merciful and kind? This is NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. To people who are not like us or have not met our own expectations in one way or the other. Could it be our genuine intrinsic conviction or just to fulfill social expectation to help us feel good about ourselves? For King David, it was a genuine deep-seated conviction to keep his promises regardless of whether the one for whom those promises were made to was alive or not. By so doing, David brushed aside the possibility of revenge against him and trusted in his God to help him show kindness. That is why in verse 3, David said he wanted to show God's kindness. Child of God, your act of kindness must be driven by divine instinct, else it will be meaningless. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 1, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. This means that our act of kindness must be born out of genuine act, not because we want to be people's pleaser or we want to feel good about what we do. The king was excited at the knowledge that he can at last pay the memory of his old friend with some uncommon act of kindness to his disabled living son. It seems plausible to think that Mephibosheth may have been afraid and overwhelmed by the royal invite so that verse number six says this when he came to the king's presence he bowed down to pay his honor verse seven says don't be afraid david said to him for i will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father jonathan i will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul and you will always eat at my table. Wow! Mephibosheth's son of Jonathan still dumbfounded, only this time at the generosity of King David to the point that he considered himself undeserving of mercy and kindness 
by the very one who has the power to terminate him at will. And on top of that, he was to become a member of the royal family, one that has been accorded unrestricted access to royalty equal to the rest of the royal household. This is what God can do. My brothers and sisters, I don't care how you feel about yourself today, but one thing is sure, God feel about you very special because you are special to God. God have fearfully and wonderfully made you. David gave Mephibosheth the confidence he needed and restored his dignity to live again. In the same way, whenever we show mercy and kindness to those who may be unable to pay us, we are inevitably restoring people's humanness back to them. Among all of the kings we read about in the Bible, David was different. And yes, he was a man after God's own heart not one that is only out for his own advantage. He was serving and seeking God on behalf of God's people. That's what set him apart. He was a man of social justice, a man that knows God true and true. Among his character was promise-keeping, kindness, compassion, and justice. As insignificant this act may be, or the act of kindness may seem, it exemplifies divine characteristics that should be the goal of every child of God. Although there was no one to hold David accountable to the promise he made to Jonathan, apart from God, David was truly moved by his love for God and his promise to Jonathan to do what he did. This character trait is lost on us today because we have become a society of people pleasers instead of people whose motives are to please God who rewards those who sincerely seek him. This beautiful story reminds us to show mercy not only to those who can repay us in equal measure, but also those who we may not be able to benefit from. David's covenant was with Jonathan, who at that point was in no position to be beneficial to him. Yet, he went out of his way to show mercy to his son, who was disabled, as much as he could have shown to Jonathan himself, if he were to be present. Like David, you may not have made a pact with Jonathan or have Mephibosheths in your lives, but if you look around you today, you will surely find some supposedly undeserving people who would need your mercy and kindness to live for just one more day. These people are hungry, they depend on food banks and goodwill of other people. They are homeless, they make their beds on street corners. They are still ill 
and in pain. They are in hospital and in prisons. They are lonely and alone. This kind of situation should cause you to ask the same question that King David asked. Verse number 3 of uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9. Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And in asking this question, it must be internally driven by the Holy Spirit of God resident in you. Jesus Christ said in the book of Matthew chapter 25 verse number 40 to 45, the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Brothers and sisters, we do not want to be in this position where Jesus Christ will accuse us of not showing mercy. We want to be in that place where we will hear the word, Well done, thou faithful servant. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, we take advantage of the blessings of God over our lives and forget where God has brought us from. But God's servant, David, never seems to forget his history, where God took him from and raised him to be king over his people. And in recognition of God's mercy and kindness over his life, he now has the opportunity to demonstrate God's generosity to Mephibosheth an undeserving member of the household of his predecessor, King Saul, and for the sake of Jonathan. In relation to God's mercy on sinners, Romans chapter 5 verse 8 declares, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This divine act of mercy and kindness should drive us every day to seek out others who may be in want of food, friendship, and fellowship. That's what we're called to do. That's why God has called you and me today. It's okay that we are present in our churches every day. But brothers and sisters, there are things we need to do 
so that God will be pleased with us. And that is to be good steward of what he's giving to us. As I conclude, may I remind listeners today that the ministry of Jesus Christ on earth was characterized by the act of mercy and kindness. He showed mercy to the marginalized regardless of context. He loved them. He freed people and had them restored. I don't know what your story is today or what it would be tomorrow, but I assure you, my dear brothers and sisters, that the call to be a Christian is to act like Christ acted, and that is by showing mercy where mercy is needed regardless. God bless you. Join me again as I pray. Divine Father, thank you once more for today. Thank you for your word that has come to your people today, wherever they may be. And Father, I thank you that we can learn from the story of King David as he showed mercy to the undeserved. And Lord Almighty, that we will learn in our daily life with you that we also will be able to show mercy where mercy is needed. I thank you, Father, for answering all of these prayers. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I give myself unreservedly to know your love. Father,
Thank you for listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.